Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. It is Jen and Esther today. Woo woo. I get so excited. I wake up every day that we get to record together. So excited to chat with you because I love you. I know we've had a little bit of a break because we didn't record last week. And then I recorded a guest episode right before that. So it's just nice to get to have our time together. And it's been so busy with work for both of us that I feel like we have hardly even gotten a chance to really just message each other as much as we usually do. So I feel like there's so much to catch up on. I know. I was like, I always have so much that I want to tell Esther, like when we hop on recording and I'm like, okay, wait, let's wait for roses and thorns so that we can share that type of stuff. But yeah, Esther, you've been busy. Like I've been seeing, I feel like you've been sharing a lot more on Instagram and like, I have been personally loving it because I love creeping on your design work. (laughs) Thank Um, you. (laughs) But it looks fun. It is fun. And I have been busy. It's been crazy this year, just kind of popped off. I got hired for two big projects, my two biggest projects ever, ever, ever. And they are super fun projects that I'm working on. And then I have a couple of things that I'm doing in between, but those have taken up so much of my time and energy and I'm loving every minute of it. And so I'm trying to like share more of the process. And honestly, something that I've struggled with recently is showing up on social media, whether it's Instagram or Pinterest or LinkedIn or wherever, and just kind of put myself out there. And so now I promised myself this year, I would try a little bit more. And I think I have, and I've definitely been getting more engagement and I feel like I've enjoyed it a lot more. I also like side note for my social media, I have transferred all of my design files into Figma and I created a social media like basically like planally, but my own version of it in Figma. So I have all of these images that I can share, whether it's portfolio pieces or images of myself. And I just dumped them all into Figma so I can easily copy and paste because I realize I have so much content that I've already created, but sometimes I feel like, oh, I don't have anything to post. But then I look at it and I'm like, there's a hundred squares here that I haven't even put on my feed yet. So I've been loving organizing my stuff in Figma and then having my content in Notion. I don't know. It's just something that maybe you guys are interested in because sharing stuff feels like a lot. It's a lot of work, but finding your own way of like organizing it is really important. And this is mine and it's working well for me. I can tell that it's working well, honestly. It is just such a breath of fresh air just to see like what you're doing every day and stuff. Like just from a friend standpoint, it's like just so cool to see you share all of this work that you've worked so hard on. And I'm the same way. I have like so much stuff just sitting in my computer and I'm like, okay, we need to like get this out on Instagram and shout out to Lauren for helping me with that because it's a lot. It can take like up to an hour, I feel like, to like write a caption and like put together a reel and like yeah. put it all together. But well, I can the tell reels that it's are the biggest thing. organic. Yeah, reels, yeah, they take a lot of time. But I can tell that it's feeling like really organic to you and like I can tell that you're having fun with it. And I feel like too with like stories and just sharing on social media, like the more you do it, the like less scary it feels, I feel like. And you kind of yeah. just get into a rhythm and it doesn't feel weird to like put something out there. But if I've taken a break for a really long time, like getting back into it is always like kind of nerve wracking. It's like you haven't worked out in a while and then like you kind of yeah. practice. And, and yeah. then I feel like are people looking and judging me and being like, oh, she's all of a sudden coming back and like sharing all this stuff. Like who does she think she is to like do all of this? I don't know. I'm sure that's just in my head, but I feel like when you haven't shown up for a while, like even going to the gym, I'm like, oh yeah, do people think that like, oh, she slacked off for the last three months and now she's back. <laughs> One of the things that I heard on this podcast that I listened to called What We Said, they're always like, in the nicest way possible, people aren't thinking about you that much. And like, to me, and that makes me feel so good because I have the same thoughts as well, where I'm like, oh, this guy probably thinks my form is like so bad, this like meathead in the gym, or like they probably think I'm this little girl doing yoga because I go and do yoga in the like stretching room just because like I can't do yoga at home when Ryder's awake because he just, he's so cute. He wants to do yoga with me, but then he wants me to get up and it's just the whole thing. So yeah, same with social media, all those thoughts that we have. But like, if anyone out there is like feeling that way as well, 
most of the time people are so wrapped up in their own like lives and like their own things that they probably won't even notice that you haven't posted in a while and they'll just be excited. Like also the algorithm too. Like sometimes the algorithm just doesn't serve people content and then it like suddenly something will pop up from someone. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I get to see what they're doing, what they're up to. So yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how things change and and how much like, yeah, you're right. People don't care about us. I mean, like people do, but they don't. Yeah, like, like that's they what they enjoy say, like, it, in the nicest way possible. People probably aren't thinking about you that much, yeah, and that like I mean, just makes me feel better. <laughs> I don't think about a lot of people most yeah, of the time either. I'm just thinking about what I'm doing at that moment, or my kid, or something. Like I am not thinking about oh, this, this person didn't post on social media. Like, whoa. yeah. Well, I would love to know some of the things that you're going through with business right now. Like, what do your clients look like? What is your yes. what is Hello June like right now? Oh my gosh. Okay. So this January was a slower month for bookings for me, but not for inquiries. So that meant that I was having a lot of discovery calls that just like weren't panning out and like weren't booking, which is, you know, it's kind of a bummer. And like anyone out there who says that they don't care about rejection, like I find that hard to believe because like it just stings whenever anyone like rejects you. It doesn't matter how long I feel like you've been doing things. It just like is not a pleasant feeling when you spend a long time with someone on a call and then they just decide not to move forward. And like that's I have the utmost respect for people. I understand that their like financial situations or whatever went into their decision, like they need to make that decision for themselves. But a rose that I wanted to share with you today is that I just got off the most incredible discovery call I feel like I've ever had. I went through my exact like sales call flow that I always use. I asked the right types of questions and she was so chill and she wanted everything. She was like, let's do the full thing. I want full service, baby. And I was like, yes. Like she, she just had like the best energy too. And she's been doing business for like almost 10 years now. And she was just like, I have tried everything. And I know that I want to find someone that I can trust to work with me on my message. She was really interested in messaging and copywriting Mm. and strategy and like, She's like, I don't just want the design. Like, I want to have someone help me with my tagline, help me with my copy. And like, that has been something that has been really lighting me up recently is like working on tagline development and positioning and more of the like, not necessarily just strategy, but like the copy and the messaging portion of strategy is just like something that I, I used to outsource and I'm, I'm doing more of it myself now. And I like gave her this great pitch on the call and was saying like, yeah, you know, I am a journalism major. Like I have a journalism degree and what sets me apart from other designers that I'm able to do the copy and the messaging and the strategy and the design all together in like one package. And so you don't have mm-hmm. to like work with anyone else. And she's like loving that. And I don't know, it just That's felt so awesome. good. And That's such a good feeling when you have like the most aligned call too, and you know, you can feel it inside. It's just like, it's the best. Yeah. Cause you know, like, oh, I don't so have to like worry easy. about it. I just know that yeah. like what I've said is right. You're in a flow. I love that for you. Especially after getting like just some pushback on pricing and stuff, which like I'm I'm used to it at this point. Like it's fine. Like I get that people are at different places financially, but like she was very like okay with my full service rates. I did not pitch any lower than I typically would. I gave her my real true pricing because I was like, I'm not gonna just make it lower because I've gotten some rejections, you know, like I, I have been there in my business before in the past where I adjust my pricing based off of how my last sales call went, but it's a completely mm-hmm. different person. It's a completely different situation. And she was like, yeah, that sounds about right. That's what I had. Um, that, That's what I had budgeted for this. And so I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Yes. So that I'm coming off a, a high on that um, for sure. And she was cool with waiting until after spring break, like late March. Oh, amazing. To amazing. Start. Another thing that I was thinking while you were talking is that some calls are just like, they flow a lot better than others. And it really is, comes down to the energy in the room. Yeah. And you can, you can tell like when you know you're going to connect with somebody well, and when you can open up and feel like at ease with the conversation. And this also comes with some practice, right? Like we've, you and I have been practicing for years now. So it's not like you show up right away and you're going to be perfect. But like you said, you've had a lot of calls this month and some are better and some are worse. I also just wanted to remind our listeners because we're talking about it right now that we do have a freebie, which is the 
a roadmap to your discovery call, which you can find on our website. And that's super helpful. It's something that Jen and I have put together, compiled from our both of our discovery call strategies and outlines and questions that we ask. And so you can go through and kind of pick and choose what you like and what works for you and try them out. Because like Jen's saying, sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. And I'm so glad that yours this time did. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I'll keep you guys updated if she books in the next episode. But yeah, I'm just feeling really positive. Even if like, I mean, sometimes wild things happen between a discovery call and between a booking. Like you just honestly never know if a client is actually going to book or not. But I just feel like this is a big win for me. Um, just I've gotten some pushback recently. So that feels really, really good. But other than that, you know, I have my mini mind going on. It fills up my soul. I'm like seeing real change happen. I'm seeing impact in, the, in my amazing students. Like I'm connecting with them on a personal level, creating the content for the course. It's been so much fun, like the course element of it. Um, and yeah, course uh, February content for the mini mind is going to go live tomorrow. So I've been working a lot on that and just like really showing up for them and being there for them in our circle community. So that's been amazing. Ah, But yeah, projects are going good. Like I have two that I'm working on right now. The pace of things feels good. You know, like January is kind of like a hit or miss month for me sometimes. And it can be like really stressful, like coming off of a break, but you know, I'm feeling just like positive and I still feel like a renewed energy, even though I've gotten some, you know, rejections recently because I honestly don't have time to start projects until like late March anyways. So I feel very grateful for that. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any rose? Oh, I guess I shared my rose. I don't I, I don't have a thorn in mind, so I need to think about it if you want to share a rose or a thorn. Yeah. Okay. Let me start with a thorn first. I decided like in the middle of the month that it was going to be my time to upgrade my monitor. So I went in Facebook Marketplace. I sold my old Apple monitor. It was from 2013. That piece of junk was so old. <laughs> like wow. it was, it worked That's fine. 10 years but- old. It's 10 years old. And so it worked fine, but it just, I needed something a little bit more high tech, a little bit bigger. And so I put it on Facebook Marketplace. I sold it like the day after, and I had already ordered a new monitor from Best Buy online. And I got it. And it was one of those curved monitors. It's a gaming monitor. But I was like, I don't play games, but you know what? That would be so cool for design to have it curved, like have this huge amount of space. I can have multiple windows open. It's just like a very immersive experience, super high tech quality was really high. Like the load speed was really high, obviously because it's a gaming computer. And so I ordered it. It came in like the day that I sold the one on Facebook and I was so excited to set it up. And meanwhile, my head was already hurting. I was just having like a really, really like migraine day and I set it up and the resolution for my computer would not work on the the wide stretched screen. It looked completely stretched out. I pulled up like some design files to see, to change out the resolution, to test different versions. And everything was just being squished or stretched. And it was giving me even worse of a headache. And I was so frustrated. I, Jake was at work and I called him bawling. Like, I don't know, like I can't work now. I can't do anything. Like, this is so stressful. I don't have a monitor. And he was like, okay, well, when I get home, I'll take a look at it and just don't worry about it. Just take off work for the rest of the day. And I was like, I can't. I was freaking <laughs> out. I was so mad because I thought I had read a bunch of reviews and apparently the MacBook Pro does not have certain resolutions for like, it's an extra wide screen. Like oh, usually uses that type of wide screen. It was so wide and like, and short because it's super wide. Mm. So I ended up having to return it and now I'm using Jake's old monitor. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I didn't have to go buy a new one. So it's kind of funny. I mean, I I like his monitor better than my old one too, but... Technology problems, just like huge bummers. I was bummed. I wanted the high-tech thing. I wanted to like be cool or feel cool like <laughs> when I was designing, but it's okay. It's fine. Do you know what type of monitor that you want to get? I do want like a a monitor that is wider screen and one that can swivel so that it goes vertical when I'm coding because it makes it a lot easier. Whoa, like like vertical orientation? Yeah, like you can twist the screen so that it's vertical. What is this wizardry? I did not know that existed. Yeah, it's it's really cool. So I want one of those and just like a larger screen. I was looking mm-hmm. at the Dells and I think they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
I have an yeah. LG and I like it. I think the, awesome. the resolution is really nice. So I don't know if they have the like swivel thing. I'm thinking that like, I'm just not going to buy an Apple. Like I'm out of the cold of Apple. Yeah, we don't care anymore. I like, like, I, like the, Apple, I like the system, but yeah, their monitor, monitors like, are nothing need, special. You don't need to have like an Apple monitor. I feel like you get Apple for the like operating system and the like design and all that type exactly. of stuff. Exactly. And one of my favorite podcasts, the Sounds Like a Cult podcast, they did an episode on the cult of Apple, which is why I said I'm out of the cult of Apple. Um, And it's so funny because I'm like, yeah, I have a phone, but like, I don't really want my iPhone, but I have to because it makes it easy to like airdrop things and the messages and all of that. So anyways, all that to say, like, it was a bummer, but it's okay. At least I have a monitor that I'm using now. Yes. I wanted to share a fun fact about the Apple thing in elementary school and sixth grade. I did like a big presentation on like, we had to pick something to do a presentation on and I chose Apple and I became obsessed with Apple ever since then. And one of my life goals at the time in sixth grade was to meet Steve Jobs. And I cried when he passed away. Oh, sad. Yeah. So I definitely feel like I was part of the like Apple cult for a long time. Um, Now I've like chilled out a little bit because, you know... There's there's a lot of great technology pieces out there, but I just wanted to share that because I was like, okay, yeah. wait, Apple Colt, that was me. I was that weird Apple, Apple girl that had like Apple stickers all over her like car and notebooks and everything. Like, I mean, I was just a designer. Was when you were young, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I love <laughs> something that. about them. And then last, my rose. I have a lot of roses. Like I said, it's been a really good couple of weeks with work. A whole bouquet. A whole bouquet. But my biggest rose is that today we dropped off Cypress at his first day of doggy daycare. And he did so well. I was so nervous because we've never introduced him to other dogs and like off leash. And so we weren't sure how he was going to react, but he went in for his like morning interview and he did so good. And I have pulled up. They do have live cams on their website that you can always watch your dog. And I have it pulled up. And I'm going to have it all day and probably anytime we put him in for daycare, which might be like once a week. We'll see. Just to watch him because I'm like, oh, he has friends now. <laughs> Proud doggy mommy. I love yeah. that. Well, it'll be great for you for him to feel more comfortable on other dogs just to go dog parks. I feel like dog parks are so much fun. Yeah. And we haven't done that because we were scared. Yeah. So it'll be good for him though. Yeah. It will be. It'll be good. Okay, I want to share my quick thorn and it's just kind of like something normal, but Ryder has been in a growth spurt and he has been waking up at night needing a bottle, like a little baby. He is two and a half oh. and that, you know, I'm like, I thought I was done with this, but You're it's like, pretty oh, easy. My sleep. We just make bottles like the night before and then just give him a bottle in the middle of the night. Like we're trying to get him off the bottles because he's like way too old to be drinking like out of a baby bottle at this point. Yeah. So don't no one come for me, but that has been just the tiniest little thorn in my side. I just was like, I mean, I didn't even have to wake up that much last night. Dylan kind of like got him before he, like before That's, Dylan went to bed. So. But you'll miss funny. this time, right? <laughs> like it's sweet at the same no, time. No, of, of course I will. <laughs> of course I will. No, of course I will. I mean, like you're only two and a half, like once. And I mean, thank the Lord for that, but also like, I was two and a half twice. So, yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, I feel like two and a half is such a different age than two. And I feel like three this summer is going to be such a different age than two and a half. Everyone yeah. says three nager, three nager. So I'm like, I'm looking forward to it or maybe not, but writer is really throwing the, throwing the personality at us. The other day I was reading a book and to him, and then Dylan came to like, just say a quick thing to me in passing. It wasn't like a sit down conversation. And I started talking to Dylan and Ryder turned around and went, shh. Like he put his <laughs> finger up to his mouth and went, shh, mommy. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt your book reading? He was that like, is yeah. It's so <laughs> like, you Aww. are a little demon. But anyways, not that big of a thorn, but a little tiny one. That's funny. Thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. Okay, so design intensives. I'm so excited to talk about this. Yeah, me too. And I was telling Esther before we started recording, I don't think we've ever done an episode specifically about design intensives. We have one with Jamie from Spruce Road. She talks about day rates specifically, but that was well before I feel like I ever considered offering a day rate or had ever done one. So I feel like me and Esther definitely have some 
some tips and some just experiences to share with you guys. And before we really dive into the full conversation, one thing I wanted to caveat this with is not every designer needs to or wants to offer day rates or intensives. This is simply a way to structure typically lower priced offers that help them remain profitable and help you capture income that you might've had to turn away had you not had this structure. They can be... We'll talk about this. It can be very draining. You need to have a specific like setup with your business to be able to sit for an extended period of time and or work on a few client projects at a time. So I know many designers who choose not to offer day rates and intensives and are still very successful and very happy and their clients are very happy as well. But um, I know that design intensives are something that you guys are interested in because we've gotten questions about them. It is um, a definite part of my mini mind program. And this content for this episode today is inspired by the content that I created for the end of month two in my mini mind program. So yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I think it's important to know that like this does not have to be for everybody's business. In fact, I personally don't offer a lot of intensives. It's just another option to have in my back pocket just in case. And we'll talk about this a little bit more as we continue, but it's something that I kind of consider for myself as a downsell, but Mm -hmm. some people might consider it an upsell. Like you might really want to have design intensives and work on fewer projects or more projects in a short amount of time. So fewer projects Mm -hmm. at the same time. And yeah, it might work well for you, but it's interesting. I mean, like I, like I said, I don't really do it that much. I have in the past and it's been something that I, I like, but I also don't like there's pros and cons to it. I feel the same way. I feel the same way. Like, I feel like at the end of an intensive, I'm just like brain dead. I'm like, holy crap, that was like so much. But then the next day when I'm like not working on the same project again, I'm like, okay, wait, this is actually pretty cool. And my intensives and day rates are my most profitable offers based off of how long I'm working actively on the client. Um, So they're my lowest price, but they're my most profitable too. Right. Because you're only working a set amount of time. So in the time scheme of things, like if you're trying to count by hour, how much you charge per hour, if you like go back and do the math, they are really profitable. But I found for myself, it's so energetically draining and I would rather have like things that I'm popping around doing. I'm like, I want to do some one client in the morning, one client in the afternoon, have an hour for myself. Like I like having the flexibility, but I will say like the clients that I did do intensives on. It is nice because like you said, once you're done with a day, you're done and you hand it off. And like when you're in the zone, sometimes you can't stop working anyway. So might as well just have the intensive. Yeah. But I always end it. I'm like, I have to have a glass of wine. I have to take a bath. I have to like have the next day off of work. I have to not look at a screen. (laughs) Honestly though, like that's one of the things that I was going to talk about. I think I have like a little bit of like tips written out here. So first, I just wanted to define what a design intensive is to me. And this definition might be completely different for someone else, but sometimes it's nice to just have a starting place. So a design intensive to me is an offer structure that has clearly defined time limits and similar deliverables across clients. So this is different than a more custom project that might have varying deliverables, varying timelines, or customized to the client's specific needs. And intensives are a little bit more quote-unquote productized services, meaning that they look similar across different people who are buying them. I would say actually, in my opinion, a design intensive is just the time limits part that you had noted. Because I think while you could have similar deliverables, your design intensives can change client to client. Yes. It would be important to go into a conversation to see like, you could say, here's what I have done for similar clients, but here's like what might be the most valuable for you and what would fit into this time slot that we choose. Yeah. Yeah. So for day rates, I feel like the deliverables are like completely different, which is like, maybe that's not as good of a definition to say like similar deliverables. Like when I think about like an intensive, I think, well, I guess they, I guess they do. They are kind of different deliverables, but it's like more similar than a custom project would be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're saying, right, is that you have a starting place. Yeah. If you're currently creating your own design intensives, like you could create a few different intensives, like 
quote unquote packages. Like design yeah. intensive one is a website in a week. Design intensive two is like social media content in a day. Yeah. Like separate it out so you at least have ideas of what could be. And then each client may change things up. Yeah, that's kind of the perspective that I take too, where I say, hey, here is what we typically do. But because this is a one-to-one format, I still do create custom proposals even for my intensives. Like I don't have like a a checkout or like a sales page or anything for my intensives. Mm -hmm. Like we can truly customize like the deliverables that are in the package to the client's needs. So it's kind of like you can bring a little bit of a blend of custom into your intensives. The rule is that there's no rules when it comes to intensives. And that's that starts me out on some of the tips that I have is that like you get to decide how long your intensive is and what's included. An intensive can be two days. An intensive can be four weeks. It can be six weeks. Um, if your longer packages are like six months, you know, it really can be whatever you want. And you can also name it and brand it to align with your positioning, which I think is pretty cool. So I feel like sometimes designers like come to us and say, oh, how do I do an intensive? It's like, well, what type of services are your clients asking for? Like, what do you think is going to be valuable for them? What do you like to do? What do you have fun doing? Like, what sounds like fun to you? And then being able to craft like an offer around that, basically. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think another tip would be to, when you're coming up with your deliverables, like err on the side of fewer because you want to always under-promise and over-deliver. So if you're able to get more done, great. But if you say you're going to get too much done and you can't do it in that time slot, like say you have eight hours to do it during one day, it's going to look poorly. So choose a little bit less that you for sure know you can do and account for revisions because the clients are always going to come with revisions. Um, And I think that goes into like how you structure your days. Like, when I've done it in the past, I say like, we hop on a quick call in the morning to make sure we're going, get everything done. Then we'll have like a work session for five, six hours. Then we have a review session and then edits. So you have it very clearly laid out of here's when to expect to be able to give feedback. And like, there's only a set amount of time that you can do stuff. So you don't want to have too much on your plate. And then you're stressing out the entire day, which causes that extra level of burnout. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like revisions and refinements and feedback, they take probably just as long as it takes me to design whatever I'm doing. Maybe not with a website. Maybe the website takes a little bit longer, but like I made the mistake early on in my days of offering, especially like VIP days specifically in not building in enough time for the client to review. Like they need to at least have like, I feel like an hour to like look through everything or like get to it. Most clients that I have uh, day rates specifically with, they do clear their calendar. So they're able to like hop on feedback really quickly. But yeah. Yeah, I would actually recommend. Yeah. I would recommend <laughs> telling your clients you need to be yes. available like at all times. Like making that a requirement. Because, yeah. Yeah. So if you have a two-day intensive or a one-day intensive, make sure they have no other meetings because you want to be able to contact them. And also lay out where they can contact you. Are you going to share your phone number with them. I don't recommend, but maybe you do. Or maybe you have Voxer or maybe you have like a Slack channel that you're going to be communicating with them. Just having like one space for communication as opposed to a million different spaces. And I recommend that with any project, not just intensives, but specifically for intensives, you want to be able to communicate and get quick responses. Yeah. I actually have been trying Voxer out for my day rates recently and I love it. Because I typically use Voxer for more work-related things anyways, and I don't have notifications on. So they can't like call you either. But that has been really nice. I did like a website refresh um, a couple months ago last year, and we just did Voxer. And she was able to give rolling feedback. So while Mm -hmm. I finished the homepage, she gave me feedback on the homepage while I was working on the About page. And then I would like take a break, implement the homepage feedback. And so I was kind of like keeping up with her feedback as she was giving it. So by the time we reached the end of the day... The whole site was done and she had already given feedback on it and I had already given put all the feedback into the site. So that worked really well. And I just did another one with Voxer as well. And that is awesome. So I feel like I'm going to be doing that in the future as long as the client feels comfortable. Like most, the, both of those clients were like, Hey, like, could we do Voxer? Like, do you use Voxer? And I was like, Yes, I love Voxer. Like, let's do it. So that might be something that I build in in the future. Yeah, I love that. When you have an intensive, like, how do you sustain your energy or like prepare for the day? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, 
I think the pre-work of the intensive is what actually makes the intensive actually be able to happen. And in that, in this particular case, I'm talking about a day rate specifically. I have my, my full days as six hour days. So it's still technically a half day for me. I work from nine to three on those, those days and I'm not available before or after. Um, we do a call the Monday of the week of the day rate, which happens on Wednesday. So usually every single day rate I do is a Wednesday. So we do a call on Monday. They have a questionnaire that's due before their call. So they're working on that the week before. And then the day after, I set aside two hours to be able to implement any like additional feedback, additional refinements, or be able to go in and like clean it up and then like offboard them and make a video, send them an email, etc. So knowing that I have all the work done ahead of time to prepare me, like all the assets and everything that I need. And then also knowing that I have like a little bit of a buffer the next day in case things go over a little bit. I just build that in because it was just sometimes it was going over by like an hour or like two hours. And I was like, why don't I just set aside that time the next day to like mm-hmm. make that happen rather than doing eight hours in one day? I like doing six hours the day of and then like two hours the next day, which feels a lot better. I feel like I just approach the day with like excitement at not having to switch tasks often because I do really well with focusing on one class, one client at a time, play my favorite music when I get ready. Like I get my favorite drink. Sometimes I'll put a podcast on while I work, which is like very different from the way that I work like typically during the day, which is like complete silence, noise canceling, like focus mode, especially because day rates tend to not be like really intense, like creative design work. I do a lot of like show it cleanups and stuff like on day rates or like website refreshes or like I'm not usually developing like a new brand, which I could not listen to a podcast during. Um, So I try to make it like a little special experience for me. And I also try to make the client feel really special as well by like sending them updates like, Hey, your day rate is tomorrow. I'm so excited. Or like, Hey, welcome to your day rate. Like I send them little boxers or just to kind of make it like a fun experience for them. So they don't feel stressed out either. But at the end of the day, I'm still stressed and I'm still drained. And that's just like peace that I've made with that type of offer. Yeah. One thing that you said that I I really want to pull out for our listeners is the prep work that you have set. So you have, you said like two hours and you have your call with them and you send out a questionnaire. I think I want to remind you guys that a day rate doesn't mean you do all of this just in a day. Like there is always prep work and that's what makes it go smoothly. And obviously I would not recommend doing like a full day's work worth of work to like quote unquote prep for your day rate. But like, do you still need to have some things set in place so that it goes smoothly and you can hit the ground running when the day starts. So definitely factor that into your day rate when you are, if you start by calculating your hours and how much you want to charge by hour and then adding that all up, just add in a little bit of a buffer because like Jen said, there might be things that you need to do afterwards or, Mm -hmm. um, And like the questionnaire, preparing stuff beforehand, making sure your files are in order, making sure if it's a website, you need all of the login credentials and everything like that. So just factor that in when you do it. Yes. Yeah. I could not do day rates if I did not have that like pre-work done and like a system where I know exactly on what day everything is going to be happening basically. I like that you have it set that you do day rates on Wednesdays. Like that's cool that you have a specific day for it because that way, I mean... I guess if it were me, I would do Friday because then you can have the weekend to rest after. Yeah. But at least you have, at least you know what day it is and everybody can choose what works best. Typically if I do, and I'll talk about my brand in two weeks intensive in a second, but for those typically Monday and Tuesday are like the bulk of the like creative work. And then Wednesday, the client is giving their feedback. And so typically for my brand in two weeks intensives, I don't have like a lot of like work that I need to do for those on Wednesdays. I also don't record the podcast on Wednesdays. So like I know typically that like a Wednesday is going to be a good day for me to have available. And then Thursdays I do like mini mind calls and like mini mind mm-hmm. stuff. And Mondays I do kickoff calls and um, discovery calls I do Monday and Tuesday. So like I kind of have this like cadence of what I do on certain days of the week, which just like makes sense to my brain, I guess. I do one brand intensive at a time. So I don't do more than one brand in two weeks intensive. Like I just can't because it, right. it just takes up too much time, but I will stack them with ongoing projects, which is So you a could have like four difficult. a month. I, yeah, well... Or two a month, I guess, if you do I could, them yeah, in two I've, weeks. Yeah, I, last, last year I had actually four back-to-back brand in two weeks intensive and it took two months. 
But that doesn't mean that my calendar is like completely unavailable for other projects at the same time. Like I can still be doing like website projects, et cetera. If I have a intensive during a week and a day rate, that pretty much takes up the whole week because like that, you know, it, I have to be like available Monday, Tuesday to do the brand intensive. And then for the day rate, I have to be doing the day rate all day. I keep them pretty flexible. Like with my day rates, sometimes I do a little bit of work the day beforehand. Some days I like, you know, I have a call in the middle of the day rate or something, which like I actually don't recommend. I recommend just cleaning your calendar and not have any other things, but sometimes things just fall. Like I had a mini mind call, like during my day, rate. I was just super like clear with my client and she had a couple calls too. And I was like, Hey, just so you know, like I have a call from this time to this time, but like you are going to get the full like six hours yeah. like, because I did a little bit of work last night or whatever. And she was like, yeah, cool, whatever. So, so you'll work on design intensives and day rates sometimes simultaneously, but would you consider that like how much of your total projects does that take up? Is that like 50% of your income usually? Yeah, I would say it's about 50%. Just because my brand in two weeks intensive is such a popular offer. It's my it's my most popular offer. And I also combine it with web. Like typically if someone wants branding, then and they don't want full service branding, like they don't want messaging, then I'll just do a brand in two weeks intensive and then just tack wet the web project onto the end of it. So the web's not part of the intensive. It just that's the first phase is I do it in the intensive structure. So I like that's cool. I think this is really good for our listeners to hear too, because like there are so many ways you can do it. Like my branding usually takes about four to six weeks, Mm. um, so not an intensive. And I think it's cool that you could do something like that because it's a great offer for people who want to get their brand up and running quickly as well. Yeah, yeah. And the key to that is reduce strategy. Yeah, and you've made it work for your business. Yeah, exactly. A lot of the clientele that come to me don't value strategy as highly as they do design. And mm-hmm. I feel like for you, Esther, that might be like not opposite, but like I feel like you get a lot more clients who are interested in the strategy. And so you just yeah. do more full service just because that's what your clients are asking for. I do have a very reduced creative direction for my intensive. Yeah, that's why I think the intensive structure doesn't work quite as well for me because I do have a lot of strategy clients. And even when I do websites, like I have done websites in short amount of times before, but I really, I love getting and doing like the whole website strategy and really thinking through it and making sure the site map and the content is all organized and copywriting and messaging and everything. So that's why I have not offered intensives as much because I'm like, but I still want to do the same amount of work for people, but you can't do that in an intensive. Yeah. You have to like intentionally pair back and my creative directions for my intensives, I do them in an afternoon. There's no written out strategy. We still talk strategy on the call. We still do my full questionnaire. So a lot of the strategy work is just not documented. And so it just takes less time and we don't like put it in there, but I have the like main pages, I feel like off my like strategy yeah. document in the creative direction. And of course, mood board color palette type research is like the most important. So yeah, intensives are like really, really fun. So I feel like maybe we should start giving examples of the like types of intensives that like we like to do. Cause I talk about, Oh, brand in two weeks, but like, yeah, I think we've talked a little bit about like, it, but yeah, I mean, I can start because I don't have a ton of intensives that I have done really. And I personally, like I said earlier, I don't love them because I feel like I get super drained and there's a lot that I want to pack in. And I was just yeah. like, my tip was like, don't put too many deliverables in. And if it were me, I would want to put all the deliverables in. And so it doesn't quite work for me. But in the past, things that I have done are a day rate for social media. So if somebody wants like 10, 20 different templates, then I can do that in a day. I have done a website in a day. I know. Shocker. Yes. Okay. I'm like, I want to know about that. I've never done a website in an intensive ever. It's only yeah. been for branding. So I have worked on a website in a day before. And it's actually really cool because I was able to just kind of go in. The client trusted me. And I think that's the big thing for doing these website intensives because there's not a whole lot of strategy. There's not all the content planning. I did do a very, very basic creative direction compilation, just like pulling different inspirations that I liked, the different layouts that I liked. But again, the client was like, here is all of our website. Like they were already on Squarespace. So they just said, here's the content, just redesign it, make it look like more special, more modern, have a little bit of interactivity and have the layout be a lot cleaner. 
And this works well for clients who don't have a ton, like a humongous website. I think that the client that I worked on had three or four pages max, and they were very easy pages in the sense of like, there's just some text and some photos. And so really what I needed to do is rearrange them a little bit. And then, like I said, have a couple of the highlight sections that are a little bit more special, but in that way, it made it really easy to go in and encode it out in a day. Um, and then I did say, like, I do, I'll give you like an hour the next day just to make sure things are good. Like, I don't want to leave you with a website that has a bunch of issues in it. And so I guess it was more like a brand or a website in two days, but the bulk of it was done in a day and it worked well. Like their website looks great. I am still really proud of it. It's still something that I would showcase even because it looks really clean and modern, but I didn't have to spend a lot of time on it. And I think that goes back to what I was saying about not having all the deliverables. Like I didn't put strategy in that and I usually would. And so while they might've gotten a more complete and more intentional website had they worked on it in a longer period. This worked for them, their budget, the timeline that they wanted, and it worked well for me. And I was exhausted afterwards because you're deep in code and like also trying to prioritize like, does this interactivity really matter? Should I just do it, like make it static and then come back to it if I have extra time? And it's fun. It's a different challenge, you know? Like it's a very different challenge than doing it. Like having wireframes and having feedback. And but I love that they they were just like, we trust you, you got it. So that's like the best part, I feel like, when you get a client that is so trusting of you, is very well acquainted with your design style and like what you do as a service provider. And then they just kind of hand the reins off to you. That's exactly what my most recent um, day rate was like. She just wanted her blog updated and redesigned and she just loved everything I did. And so that just made the whole experience so easy. I feel like things go off the rails when the client has like crazy feedback or isn't happy with things. And one of the things that I've been doing recently when I am pitching day rates, and you know, we can talk about this later, is just making sure that the clients know like what type of client is best for day rates. Because not every yeah. designer should do day rates or wants to do day rates. Not every client is going to be a good fit for that type of service as well. And I think you have to ask the right questions in the call to see if that's good for them. Like, do they want to have a lot of say? Do they want to be really collaborative? Then a day rate is not the right option because Mm -hmm. they, while yes, they have say because it's their website or their project at the end of the day, you don't have the time. You don't have the time to be in a call and like nitpick on layouts and nitpick on wording because it's an intensive and you can always set it up and let them know like, these are things you can change later on. Like yeah. this is just to set you up on a good on a good path. Exactly. I would say another another type of client that would work well for a website day or two day intensive would be somebody who's okay with working with a template. Mm-hmm. So if you if they wanted to purchase a template either from if you had an internal template or you purchase a template from a store to be able to go in and update the copy, put in new photos, do a couple of like layout switches based on the content that they do have, that would be a really, really easy and streamlined way to do a one-day intensive for a website. Yes. I actually sold a website in a day intensive last year that I'm going to be doing in February. And I'm like kind of nervous about it, but it is completely template-based. And the client doesn't seem like they are going to want their fingers in the pot too much when it comes to like feedback. Um, it's for a building company, which I'm excited for. It's not typically the type of client that I would take on, but I do like working with people in the interiors and like architecture space. So I think that it'll mm-hmm. be fun. And like their website definitely needs to have like a facelift. So like, I feel like I'm looking forward to that as like a fun creative project, but I cannot do like more than one day rate in a week. And sometimes I have to take like weeks off in between them just because like, it's so much prep work. And then it's just so, it's so energetically draining. Like, I don't know, like, did, did you take like the SAT or like anything like that when you, yeah, obviously yeah. you did. Like, I felt like when you get out of the SAT or like any type of like standardized test, your brain is just like in the trash. Like you cannot like function yeah. on a normal level. That's how I feel after doing intensives. And yeah, so it's just like something to keep in mind. It's like manage your energy really well. And like, 
make sure that like the next day you don't have like anything too crazy or any like crazy deadlines that you have to like force yourself creatively into. I feel like it's the forcing sometimes that just like really, really drains me a lot. Yeah, agreed. So I think that we should move on to talking about properly pricing, marketing, and selling your intensives because crafting an offer is really fun. But if you don't really feel like you know how to properly price it or like talk about it or pitch it to clients on sales calls, um, then it'll be a little bit more difficult to actually get those types of projects. I think that intensives and day rates do better with packaged pricing, but you can still use value-based pricing principles when selling them. And this is what I do. I don't have really external facing pricing for any of my offers. I do know designers who do have like their, their day rate is like a public thing. They have like a Thrivecart link on their site and anyone can just go and like check out. I don't know. I just feel like, especially for a day rate, I need to have a call with someone to like see what type of energy they have and see if they would be a good fit for it. So I choose not to do that, but I do know people who do that and have a good experience with it. I think one of the things that you can do to help like create some sort of like a package pricing, but then still have your value-based conversation is write down a list of like your typical packages. Like I was mentioning at the beginning, like if you would do a website in a day or a brand in a day, write down like exactly what you have and then calculate what your lowest amount you would go is and then add on to that. So that way you at least know like this is where the base level is for everybody. But then if you're having a conversation and for example, say you charge typically 2000 for a day rate, but you're having a conversation with somebody and you think that you could charge them 3000 for a day rate, you can adjust that, but no, you'll only go down to 2000. I love that. I love having that baseline. And I think that you were talking about this earlier in the call too, or early in the call, earlier in the podcast, <laughs> just as just a phone call and no one else is listening. It's fine. <laughs> you were talking about um, positioning your design intensives and day rates as down sells. So I would love to hear more about like kind of how, how that would fall in a typical sales call of yours. Yeah. So typically going through a sales call, I would hear what their needs are and then I would offer them or say like, okay, for a project like yours, it typically falls in this to this range and you have that normal value-based conversation. And if that feels like very far out of budget for them, because often they're like, okay, that's not what I was hoping to spend. Like it's a little bit too high for us and what we can do. I say, okay, well, I totally understand. I want something to be valuable for you. I do have an offer that is going to be within a better budget potentially. And what it is, is it's an intensive. And so you're going to get a website, but it might be a little bit less custom than what we had initially talked about. And what I'm able to do is I'm able to do this in a week. Would that work for you? It costs X amount of money. And so it's always a downsell because it's... And I do mention to this, like the reason why this pricing is lower is because it's a shorter amount of time. And we're not doing a ton of revisions. There's not as much customization in it. I will say that there is not as much interactivity or like, because a lot of my work, my websites are very interactive, very animated. So I will mention like, you're not going to get all of that within an intensive, but what you will get is a beautiful, stunning website that is going to serve you for what you need to help get you off the ground or to help like revisit where you're at currently. So I market it as a downsell because it's lower priced, it's shorter timeline, but it's still, I mean, it's still a good chunk of change, right? Like it's still an investment for people. It's just Mm -hmm. less of an investment than a $10,000 website. Yeah. I love how you're very specific about what is included and what's not included. Because I feel like whenever you have like an offer suite of different offers at different price points, one of the things that I see designers struggle with often is differentiating those offers enough to the point where they're not competing with each other. Mm-hmm. Like in a proposal, like making sure that like the deliverables actually look different enough and the impact and the value looks different enough between offers. And so I love that you say, hey, like this is an option for you. It wouldn't be as fully built out or full service as this higher package. But if you're okay with compromising on XYZ deliverables, then we can get the price point down to a place that feels better for you. So that way you're not like promising the sun, the moon, and the stars at like a $2,000 price point and like a day. And that's that's where you can really set yourself up for stress when the client has $10,000 budget expectations with a $10,000 expectations with a $2,000 budget, you know? Yeah. Another thing like 
which I would consider, I would still consider it a downsell is when you're going through the conversation, maybe the client is actually saying like, you can kind of get, they only have three pages. They only have, they don't have that much. They just kind of need something. So in that case, I might not offer a custom package at all. And I might say, well, typically the projects that we do are fully custom. We do yada, 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 like list out everything that you do just so that you have that like marker so they can kind of know that you are higher level, um, but don't actually, <laughs> yeah, you're legit, but don't actually share with them like that. You just say like, this is what I usually do. It usually is around eight to 10 or whatever your price is. But actually, I don't think that that's going to be the best option for you. I do offer intensives that are shorter time. And I think it might fit better for what you need because I ultimately want this to be a valuable investment for you. I don't want you just to be spending money on a custom website that's not really like going to be valuable for your business or help you move the needle forward. So maybe this intensive would work better for you. So it still is a downsell, but you're not actually trying to sell them the custom package. Right. Yeah. That's that's honestly like you could have taken that word for word out of a previous sales call that I've been on. Where it's like, I don't actually think this top level offer is going to be right for you. Let me, you know, diagnose your problem with my service, which is a date rate. Which is what people want, right? Like they want the solution. They don't want mm-hmm. to just be sold. Like they don't want to feel like another number. No. They don't want to feel like you're trying to just get money out of them. And I think that's that comes through in the way that you present yourself, right? Like sharing that you want to be a partner. You want what's best for them. And ultimately the design intensive is not a bad option for you either as a designer, right? Like it's still a great option. It is shorter timeline, but you still get to like have work. So Yeah. I think our, our processes are extremely similar and the way that we sell day rates are extremely similar. Except you do a lot of them and I don't. <laughs> Except I do, I, I, do, I do more of them. Yes, I do more of them. But I think that's my clientele being more solo, no team, not as large, and then also not as strategy driven, just definitely more like design, yeah. like branding first. Like I feel like you are more like strategy first, web first, and then like you also offer like brand services. But I mean, that's not always the case. <laughs> yeah. I had one more note too in downselling. It's something that I would recommend not to do is you send somebody a fully custom proposal. And then they come back and say, like, I don't want to work with you. And then you try and say, well, here's another option. Like, here's like, here's a an intensive that we could do because that feels super salesy. Like you're just trying to get them to sign something. If mm-hmm. you feel like an intensive is gonna be worth it for them, talk about it on the call and don't send it after. Like always make sure you yes. talk about it first because it, it will that. feel salesy. It will feel like you're just trying to get their money if you mm-hmm. send it after. And I've like thought about it before. Like I've had clients where I send them even like a smaller package, like maybe it's a $5,000 website and they're they're like, that's too much. And I want to say, well, we can do something smaller, but it just felt too weird. It feels forced, right? It delegitimizes the other offers that you sent as well. Exactly. It's kind of like, it's kind of giving like not removing deliverables energy, (laughs) like just, oh, well I could do it for less, you know, like, and sometimes you got to do what you got to do, but I completely agree with you. Um, is like if you think that a dairy is might potentially be on their radar or an intensive, include that in your proposal. And if anything, it's not going to be enough for them, and they're going to want to go with the middle or the top tier package. Yeah, I wanted to talk briefly about the value that clients could see from a day rate versus a more custom project because. Yes, we're positioning them as downsells, but not always do they have to be like low value. They can be extremely high value, which is why I think that day rates and intensives are still fair game for using value-based pricing principles in your sales calls. So I'll just run through a list really quick. People can book into your calendar earlier than other projects, especially with day rates. Sometimes I have like random Wednesdays that are available when I could not start a longer project until like months later. Um, And if a client has a need that's like urgent then a day rate would be very high value for them. They get their deliverables faster than other projects because again, it only takes a day. So clients with urgent needs, typically day rates are are good for them. The client gets your undivided attention for the entire day or week or whatever that looks like. Yes, I do stack intensive sometimes with other custom work. So it's not like I'm only working on their project like at a time, but I'm very like transparent about that. For day rates... I will tell them like, I am only going to be working on your project today. And I have one call at 
1 p.m. or whatever, um, so that they're they know that like I am giving them this the, like VIP experience of like basically having like a team member on their team for like one day doing exactly what they want. Um, so that's valuable as well. Clients get to give immediate feedback and they get to potentially be more involved with the creation of your designs. Sometimes it's better to have the client be more hands off, like Esther was talking about earlier. But sometimes the client does get to give more like back and forth feedback. And that's something that I've been experimenting with recently with Foxer is the client being able to be like, Oh, I had an idea, blah, blah, blah. Can we like try this? It's like, it feels like they're almost kind of like in the room with you, which I feel like a couple years ago would have scared like the pants off of me because like, I just, the idea of a client like looking at my work, like while I'm doing it, it is not like a fun idea. But for this situation, like it was nice to have her looking at things as I was creating them. So by the time we got to the end of the day, we were able to actually wrap it up because she had already seen and already given feedback on everything. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, but it's, it's just, it's a crapshoot sometimes. Sometimes it's just not going to work out and you just have to like write it off and decide if you want to continue offering them. Um, but yeah, those are yes. a couple of pieces of value that you can talk about on sales calls. If a client is like, oh, well, like why... Like, why would I do that if I could do like, or why would I do a higher budget thing when I can just do a day rate? It's like, well, you have to be okay with, you know, the timeline and like the structure. There is a lot of value in day rates and intensives, but there's also cons too. And we've talked through all of those. Yeah. I think that the last thing that I wanted to leave you guys with is especially with day rates. One of the things that I always tell clients on calls and in kickoff calls and before they booked, after they booked, Day rates are not guaranteed scopes. They are estimates and not guaranteed deliverables. Intensives can be guaranteed deliverables. And like, you know, maybe there's some things up in the air about that as to whether or not you can guarantee deliverables and intensives. I guarantee deliverables with intensives because it just makes the most sense. Um, But VIP days, I do not guarantee. I put a priority list and I say, this is our priority list. I don't even call it a scope. I say, this is our priority list. This is what I'm going to focus on first. And then, you know, we're going to work our way down to the bottom. I also have never done a day rate where I didn't get through the whole priority list. So like, I guess technically it might look like I was guaranteeing deliverables, but for the most part, like clients have been very like open to the fact that like, if things go over time, like they might have to book another half day or they might have to book another full day. Right. But I always say like, always mention that to them. Always mention that to them. Otherwise they'll like freak out. They're like, well, I thought you said you were going to be able to do it in one day. Not guarantees. And I put that in my contract too. VIP days are not guarantees of deliverables. They are, they're estimates only. So very, very important. Well, I hope that you guys really like love this conversation on intensives and VIP days. Like we said, there's a lot that you can offer within it. There's a lot of different packages you can put together and you can change things up for each of your clients, but hopefully it gives you just another option to share. Like we said at the beginning, you don't have to do it. I don't do a lot of them and maybe you just want to try it out. Maybe you just want to offer it once and see like if you even like it and there's no harm in trying it and then deciding not for me. Or like Jen, maybe you have this as like a very ongoing thing that you do once a week or like it supplements your income a little bit because it is a good way to have a little bit of the extra income that are lower ticket. So yeah, it's just another option. But do what works for you. Find out what works for your business and your market, the types of people that you're working with. And if it does work for you, that's awesome. And we would love to hear about it. I know. I was going to say, tell us if you guys are pro day rate, anti day rate. Maybe we can have a civil discussion in our Facebook group about what types of intensives have worked well for you guys. Um, over time, I just kind of crafted the like brand in two weeks. It started out as brand in a day, which was just like insane. And then I did brand in a week, which was also insane. Brand in two weeks felt just the right amount of insane. It's still a little yeah. insane. I'm literally designing an <laughs> entire concept in an afternoon. But like, you know, it's just, you just got to experiment and like find out what works for you and what works for your clients, just like Esther was saying. Yeah. Also, another thing too, is like you can create an intensive out of anything. So maybe yes. you offer some copywriting services. Maybe you're like, I can write like three emails in a day and and also design it out and have it scheduled. Maybe that's an intensive for you. Like it doesn't have to be branding or a website or social media. Like there's a lot of options. And so get creative with what you have in your toolbox and what is going to be beneficial for your audience. 
Yes. I use day rates often for the collateral requests. If I have a client that like wants to have like, oh, I want to like update all my stuff in Canva or I want to have like a bunch of different things designed. Like usually for after they've done their brand, they can come back or they have yeah. additional pages that they want to add onto their website. Instead of just doing hourly, I just do just catch yeah, all. That's what whatever I was you want. Say. <laughs> it's like the alternative to hourly because hourly yeah. can feel extra draining because it mm-hmm. can go forever. But at least yes. this one you have like the set timeline. Yes, exactly. So this conversation was just a little on the longer side. There was so much to talk about with, you know, intensive day rates, all of that type of stuff. Uh, We're going to skip our inbox question for this week, but we'll be back with it next week. And we're just really excited to hear your guys' thoughts on this conversation. If there's anything you disagreed with, anything that's worked well for you, make a post in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash better brand designer. Can't wait to see you there. And like we said, we have a couple of freebies on our website. So if you want to check that out, betterbranddesigner.com, you'll see them as you scroll down into the free resources. There's a lot of other resources on there too that you can check out discovery call template. We have an affirmations list, things like that, that would be really good for you and your business. So check those out and come join us online. Amazing. Well, we'll see you guys in next week's episode. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.